the only bad thing about doing the um, the funny intro is like some weeks, you know, conversations not all that funny. Some weeks, you know, Ferber's got a stomach bug, you know, not a whole lot of laughing going on. Yeah. I mean, there might be some other noises. <laughs> we'll wow. See. <laughs> you know, like the keyboard in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, um, that's true. That's, that, that was kind of that was that was me last yeah, night. I've, I feel like <laughs> I feel like in a search for uh, an intro, we just found one. CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source of Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live for the Blackshaw Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, October the 26th. Virginia coming off of a win, its first ACC victory of the season. Uh, Tony Elliott's first ACC win to date um, in Atlanta last Thursday night. Cavaliers now will come home for four games in a row. Um, is I don't know. Somebody's gonna have to check this while I'm talking to see because I just realized. Is there precedent for this? Has this happened before where you get four straight home games basically to to end the season? Um, I guess technically not end the season because they have to go to Blacksburg. Anyway, um, we will no doubt be talking about the the win in Atlanta and and the uh, matchup against the Canes on Saturday afternoon, barely afternoon, as Virginia seems destined to play a lot in that time slot. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, the uh, board moderator du jour, David Spence himself, is on the show. How's it going, my friend? Pretty good. I just got back from a middle school band concert, so I could not be more excited for that to be over. <laughs> who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. Oh, man, that that sounds uh, delightful. Um, <laughs> and the um, aforementioned Justin Ferber, editor-in-chief of the website in Charles, was also on the program. How's it going, my dude? How you doing over there? It's slight, slightly better than Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Justin underscore firmer on Twitter. Uh, slightly better than Dave. I like that. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, I just want to say real quick that anybody, speaking of Twitter, um, did you guys see that thing I retweeted the other day about the, uh, the solar eclipse that's scheduled to be the day of the national championship game in 2024? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I saw, I saw it come across and I was like, wait, that's, I wonder if that's a, if that's the, cause you know, it's right around my birthday. So I always know, you know, whatever. And sure enough, there it is. Right. And it's like, dude, they got to move this from Phoenix to one of these cities. That, that would be like, I mean, just an absolutely incredible day. You go out, see a, the path, you're in the path of totality. You see that. And then you come inside that night, watch the game. I'm just Hear saying. Jim Nance call his final one. Like, oh, is, yeah. is that is it, is that one going to be his last one, or is it going to be next I, year? I think it's this coming year is his next. I'm one, sorry, right? I said next year. I meant this one. I meant yeah. this the one the season this that is about yeah. to begin. Yep. Um, what do we think of Ian Eagle as the as the permanent replacement? I think yeah, he's good. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think in so a few too. years it'll just be odd. At it'll first. be super weird. Uh, I yeah. cannot wait to see what Nance comes up with for his final um, 
Well, I think it's in Houston, and he's from Houston. Oh, so boy. I think he'll have something. You know, Houston maybe will be in the Final Four. They're, they're going to get be Houston. So. That'd be wonderful. And mm-hmm. There you go. Nice. Um, I don't have any segues from Houston um, to, to Atlanta. I don't know. I can't do it. All right, so Virginia goes to Atlanta, comes home with a 16-9 to barn burner of a victory, folks. Cavaliers score one total touchdown happened in uh, – uh, well, not technically, I guess. They scored two touchdowns. They scored two touchdowns, but it was it's an ugly number. The seven and the six and the three. Yeah. Yeah. Um that missed extra point. We'll do that. Um they 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 held Georgia Tech to two hundred and one yards. I, I think that's the bigger story here. Um obviously Jeff Sims played sparingly, um, barely. Um he was six of eleven, passing for a whopping forty seven yards at a pick. Um he ran three times for a one whole yard. Um, and then he, he left the game due to injury. Um, the, the Gibson kid comes in and I mean, he, he looked lost like a goose in a snowstorm. Uh, and I thought Virginia was a big reason for that. Cavaliers put up what eight sacks in this game. Um, I thought it was a dominant defensive effort was very impressed by Chico Bennett, who rightfully won the, uh, ACC, um, defensive lineman of the week. Um, I also thought that both Nick Jackson, um, and um, Jonas Sanker both played really well. I was also very impressed with some of the like role guys, like uh, James Jackson, uh, Akire, um, Diada. Like there were a lot of dudes making plays in this defense that were not necessarily the dudes that have been making plays all year. And man, if that's not a good sign, Dave, as you've had some distance from what you said before we started, feels like a lifetime ago when this game happened. Um, what are some of your more firm takeaways now that you've had a chance to, like I said, get some distance, maybe rewatch it a couple times. The one thing that was striking to me is, is how similar it was um, to the Louisville game. You know, at least when Gibson came in, uh, what's the Louisville's quarterback's name? Uh, Domin. Is that right? Domin. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, if you watch, if you think back to the beginning of the Louisville game, like Domin was rattled and he was just throwing balls to spots. He wasn't even looking to see if it was covered. And, you know, Virginia was unable to kind of punch him in the mouth and make him have to be one-dimensional. And eventually he got his confidence up and they were able to do enough to get that win. You know, they never gave Gibson that chance. He, you know, he was rattled the whole time. They kept pressure on him. The offense, even though they didn't put a lot of points on the board, they moved the ball quite well, which kept the defense off the field and made each drive more, you know, more stress on Georgia Tech. So I think it's just – it's definitely it's kind of sad that they let that opportunity pass versus Louisville but they definitely didn't do it in Atlanta and granted like Sims out of the game was was definitely you know advantageous for Virginia but they were doing a pretty good job with them in there outside of that long drive I think it was their was it their first drive or second drive of the game but um where they intercept them in the end zone but it was a second one because it was off of the Paris Jones fumble Yep, that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, they continue to surprise. You know, they had a couple little blips against Duke and Louisville with, but yeah, you know, I think some of that you can blame on special teams and offense not picking them up. Um, and like like you saw Thursday night, it doesn't have to be the offense scoring points, although that's more ideal, especially with tougher opponents coming up. Um, but just the offense keeping the ball, you know, getting the defense a chance to rest and not giving up short fields. Um, 
so yeah, that side of the ball I was very impressed with. And you know, what an awesome homecoming for Nick Jackson and most likely his last season at UVA, despite Tony's best efforts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he had what two sacks for and a fumble recovery. Yeah. Um, he was all over the place. And you know, the defensive line, it's fun watching them rotate that many guys. And you know, you know, Kiri Flash, Chico Bennett had a big game in his homecoming. Um but I was really impressed with Michael Diada. Like that dude's got some strong hands. Um, you know, he basically he like one hand tackled a running back at one point, and then I don't think that was the tackle for loss. I think that was at the line of scrimmage. But um, his next, you know, he had another tackle like that later in the game. So overall, that side of the ball really happy. Um, offense, I thought Brendan looked more comfortable, probably the most comfortable he's looked all year. Um, maybe the numbers don't bear it out to the to the level um we saw but i didn't see many wide receivers he missed um so i think there's positives there and certainly is plenty of negatives to talk about too but i'll i'll focus on those positives for now <laughs> ferber um virginia goes two of 14 on third down uh one of three on third on fourth down i i feel like you can't you can't be three for 17 on the money downs and win a lot of football games. But if your defense is going to is going to do what its defense did Thursday night, you certainly are going to have a chance. Um when you look back at this game, um what really stands out to you? Do you are you a glass half full kind of guy? Hey, look, it's great that the defense did this. Um and maybe the offense is closer than we think to maybe turn it around such and such. Um or do you look at it glass half empty? Well, they only did that cuz Sims wasn't playing and the offense was still pretty terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think I try to be more of a process person than just like looking at the results because, you know, as we've seen with UVA teams in the past, you can have games where you maybe didn't deserve to win and you got lucky at the end or, you know, maybe it goes the other way. Um, you know, a lot of different things can happen. But ultimately, I think, you know, the the first thing is the most obvious thing, which is this team needed to win a game. Like they just needed to find a way to get a game you know, in the win column. And they did that on the road, both teams coming off a buy, So they didn't really have an advantage in time to prepare or anything like that. And, um, I, I think like there's probably more positive that positives than negatives to take from this overall, just because of how the defense played. And, and yeah, I think like Sims injury probably, you know, if he doesn't get hurt and UVA's offense does exactly what it does, the, you know, throughout the game, they probably don't win. Um, but, ultimately like there's no way to prove that they wouldn't have had a few things go differently if Sims had played, you know, it might've been a different game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like if you want to look at like things that they need to do better, it's ultimately like the special teams errors need to be cut down and they need to find a way to um, minimize the errors on offense. Like the defensive performance was fantastic, you know, even with the circumstances, but you can't depend on them to have eight sacks and give up no touchdowns every game, especially you're not going to play against backup quarterbacks that often, even though it seems like they're going to on Saturday. Um, but like, you know, I think like on offense, it's just, and, and these things are kind of connected too, right? So like the offense needs to be sharper in the red zone, which means you don't have to kick as many field goals, which means you don't miss as many field goals. Um, so like they need to find ways to finish drives in the end zone. And, and if you go back and look at the game, on Thursday night, I mean, it felt like throughout the game in the red zone and otherwise, like they'd have a lot of stuff going well. And then there'd be like a play that would derail it somewhere. 
whether it be like a, a poorly timed penalty or, you know, a drop touchdown or like, you know, some, some play that just got blown up or something like that. And, and, you know, they just need to find a way to like string drives together a little bit more consistently and turn the yards into points. Because really I think like this game was very similar to the ODU game, you know, right down to the amount of points they scored. Um, you know, they, they got in the red zone a lot. They couldn't finish drives. They missed short field goals. You know, um, they get a punt blocked like little things like that. Um, ultimately, you know, they were able to do enough to win the game. And it felt like the frustrating thing watching it was we all kind of knew if they could just get like three points or like, you know, even if they got, you know, three points, seven points, whatever, when it was 16 at nine, it would have, the game would have felt over completely over. Um, but since it was 16, nine, you know, you, we kind of knew it would come down to the end and ultimately they made enough plays on defense to, to where it didn't matter, but the offense and special teams just need to be a little bit more crisp because from a process standpoint, they moved the ball. Well, they did some good things. I agree with Dave's assessment that Brennan looked more comfortable. I thought the game plan for him was good to, you know, lots of play action boots and stuff like that to kind of extend plays, get him out of the pocket. You know, he was effective as a runner. So I think like they just need to clean up some of these things that are kind of killing them fumbles and, drops and penalties it kind of feels like the same story we've been telling you know all season but if they can find a way to like even just cut those mistakes in half you know versus just get rid of them all outright um you know half those mistakes and uva probably scores what like 34 points yeah something like that this is what's wild to me so i'm look if you look at the drive chart for georgia tech georgia tech's first (laughs) this is kind of mean it's first six drives punt interception punt 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 all right. Then you're like, how in the world did UVA not stop them? Oh, let me tell you how. Fumble, interception, touchdown, interception, punt, touchdown. All right. So UVA, it's one of those things where it's like, I understand the idea that. Um, not you know, to mention you, one of those interceptions was returned for a touchdown. Cor- oh, yeah. That's a good point. My bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One of them was a pick six. Thank you for that. I understand the idea that like you're trying, you know, to get to yourself to a place where, you know, new schemes, new systems, all this fun stuff. And we've talked about this, right? The idea that on some level, like it's it's not the beginning of the season anymore. Like, you know, I thought what was nice about this is that they came off a bye. Um, you to your points about Brennan, I thought he looked as comfortable as he's looked this year. Um, I thought he's still not getting a lot of help downfield, which is just so odd to me. Um you know, Wicks finishes with, I believe it was four catches, 99, 99 yards. Yeah. It would included the one long of 44, which he, you know, it's the first time he's really looked like himself, except for that free play um, against Louisville. Um, Davis only had one catch for the 31 yards. I mean, right now it's basically all Thompson all the time. Um, seven balls, 89 yards, um, 10 targets. I, I, but I, I just look at this and I think, man, your your defense did enough and you were still in a one score game. Like that is just not enough. And it doesn't matter how it happens. I think there there it does seem like maybe they're finally getting a good handle on how to use Brennan in a way that both fits what they want to do, but also um, fits what he can do best. Um, but I do think that, man, they were one or you know, it felt like all night they were like one play from the thing like to Ferber's point about being over. Um, the Davis drop in the end zone, for example, right? Um, your defense is not going to be able to do what they did. Um, I mean, they punted the ball 10 times. 
They were six for 21 on third down, 0 for 1 on fourth. Um, they had 2.7 yards per play. Um, they only averaged a yard and a half per rush. Uh, I, I, you're not gonna. You're just not gonna have games like this, right? I think the bigger issue for me is that Virginia had four turnovers and six total points off of them. Um, that that to me is 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 an issue. Granted, like there's a lot that you can you know dive into and try to fix, but at the the at its most basic analysis, right? The offense is just not doing enough. It's just they're not. It's not productive enough. They're not. They're not consistent enough. This game, they took some steps in the right direction, and they still were in a, within a one-score game of a team that only put up 201 yards. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a glass half full or if that's a glass half empty. I, I don't know what that assessment is, but I think that's the reality, right? And it certainly does make you a little nervous about what's to come. Now, granted, this was the first game, and I think this is probably the biggest positive takeaway I have for this is that. This was the first game where I felt like Virginia did a really nice job of kind of turning the page and and keeping um, keeping themselves in the fight, so to speak, after something went bad. Like most of the season against you know pretty decent competition, if something goes wrong, every, man, it comes apart real quick, right? And I thought Virginia did a nice job in this game of steadying itself and coming back um, when the Cavaliers absolutely had to. You know, we've seen this story before, right, this season where there's a big, you know, turnover or something and, and guys are really frustrated and then the other team goes and scores and, you know, have a nice night, everybody. But I thought in this game they did a really nice job of turning that page of not letting those things beat them more than once. And I wonder if that's something they might be able to build on um, as they go forward. Um, Dave, before we actually get started talking specifically about Miami, I, I'm just curious in terms of the way that they could come out of the bye week, everybody wanted to win. Um, are you less optimistic, more optimistic than you were coming out of the bye? Does the win really matter if it looked like it looked? I mean, clearly wins matter. I'm not trying to, I'm not crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but like, does it matter? Is, uh, does it matter like a lot to you? Um, the outcome, if the, you know, if the actual making of the movie, so to speak, was the way it went. Uh, I mean, it'd be nice if they had score like 40, right. But, um, like a win's a win and this team, you know, new coach, new culture, new scheme, all that stuff. Anytime you can put a win in your belt, it kind of, you know, validates what you're doing as a staff. Um, I think I mentioned it last week, but you know, no, no offense to the teams we've played so far, but like the name part of our schedule starts now, right. You know, Miami, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, you know, Virginia tech, the, the pro, the, the games that, most Virginia players should be more focused than they would for, against a Duke. No offense to Duke, who you know obviously took us to the woodshed. Um, so the Georgia Tech game was kind of critical just to keep the season afloat. You know, to give yourself a chance to make some noise, um, and they did it. Um, look, we we saw Virginia last year put up tons of points and lose games. So all in all. <laughs> a win's a win, right? Um, and then, you know, in their defense, uh, you know, um, actually, let me back up a little bit. I do think that we saw some of the the same response after adversity, because I believe it was after the, the fumble when Georgia Tech just, that was their best drive of the night. Um, and if Sims hadn't made that ill-advised throw and Cohen King hadn't, you know, they hadn't gotten the top tipped interception there, 
Um, if Georgia Tech puts even three on the board there, maybe it changes the whole tone of the game. Um, but either way, yeah, I, I saw enough to be a little more optimistic because I, I think ultimately what makes this offense really click is letting Brennan run more. Um, we definitely saw more bootlegs, as Justin was referring to, um, getting him out in the open, which is going to force teams to play more zone, which I do think he passes better against. Um, but obviously they couldn't empty the chamber with those last week because Jay Wolfuck was out. Um, and as soon as we heard that, I was like, man, that was my optimism for the night. They were finally going to cut Brennan loose. Um, I think Des, you know, I think he had 13 rush attempts or something like that. Um, Des had like half of them were scrambles. So we'll see. I, I think that's part of the game. Maybe we can, with, with Jay evidently back healthy, we can start seeing them unlock some more. But the talent level across the field, you know, the offense isn't going to be able to get by with scoring less than 20 and, and might be closer to 30 um, over the next couple of weeks. So, again, if you're a glass half full, if you're a glass half, half empty, there, there's plenty of their like, and we won't know until Saturday, not to cap, not to cop out as a podcast guy, but um, the plays are there. They just have to make them. So, Ferber, do you feel like are they just getting started, or do you do you feel like you're kind of where you were in the bye? Like this is kind of who they are. Uh I mean, I think it was it was good to see them win the game last week for sure, and it's a step in the right direction. Um, ultimately, though, it's hard for me to say like I feel like this team's about to like turn a corner because just because like I feel like those plays have been there to some extent in the other games where they've struggled to score and they just haven't made them or it just hasn't been cohesive or they've made too many errors or whatever. But yeah, I mean, if you want to be optimistic, you can look at, Hey, you know, they're coming off a win. They, they, they made a few things a little more cleaner in their offense and, and maybe, you know, at home they can kind of like make fewer mistakes, have fewer penalties, you know, kind of cash in on some of these opportunities, but Ultimately, at this point, I feel like through we're, what are we seven games in? Like it's time to kind of show it, right? Like, um, <clears throat> and they're going to have some chances. I mean, obviously they have a a pretty tough slate of games coming up, I would say. But there's definitely some opportunities in there. It's just going to come down to, um, I, you know, we've seen some offenses that have struggled at UVA, and it's like it felt like then it was like a real task for them to move the ball and score and. Um, because of maybe the personnel, you know, or, or things like that. And then with this team, it feels more like they have a bunch of good stuff happen. And then like one bad play kind of messes it up and they just have to find a way to, to make fewer of those. And um, ultimately, you know, they can't, uh, you know, the, from a psychological standpoint, they can't let like those mistakes get to them. And ultimately I thought the defense was, despite the fact that Georgia tech had their limitations, like I felt like they were pretty resilient because there were a few times where it was like, all right, the offense has a chance or the special teams have a chance to kind of like put this one to bed or like go up two scores. And they just kept failing to do that like over and over again in the second half. And and the defense just kept going out and getting stopped. So, you know, they can't let what happened against Louisville where like you have that fumble from Armstrong going into the red zone kind of lead to things spiraling. And, and then also, you know, that fumble needs to not maybe happen and, Maybe, you know, you don't fumble that ball. You go up 17, nothing and the game's different. So they need to kind of get into that space. But I don't think that's the kind of thing you can like will to happen or like coach to happen always. It's more like, um, 
you know, everything just has to click more. And and you hope that, and we were talking about this earlier in the season, you hope that like, as the season moves forward, you know, there is better chemistry and like the cohesive, you know, nature of the schemes and, you know, that like guys are more locked in and hopefully we're seeing, you know, that start to happen, but ultimately they still need to figure out a way to score points because, you know, the defense isn't going to hold many teams to nine and probably none of the teams that they're going to play from here on out. Yeah. Just to add one thing to that, like, you know, if there's one as Virginia fans, you know, if there's one thing that's been ultimately frustrating over the last 20 years, other than bad football, it's good starts and terrible finishes. Right. So, you know, this team obviously didn't have a good start, but if they can figure this thing out and win some games coming up, um, I, as a fan will be like, Oh, well, this is different. So, they do have some opportunity, whether that means anything, because you know, there's a lot of tougher opponents coming up, um, or at least on paper. But yeah, I mean it would be I think last year we started what six and two and finished six and six. Um, I think that's right. And that's uh, correct. Yep. And the year even 2019, they had a little bit of a hiccup there. Um, 18, obviously they did too. So it, it it's a chance to kind of rewrite the narrative, you know. And in Tony's defense, you know, we, we talked about like fan buy-in, you know, player buy-in, all that mess. If they can somehow manage to win, I don't know what the number is, but they've won one. If they can win three or four of the next of the remaining games, um, that's going to lend a lot of credence to what they're doing here. Um, makes it a lot easier I mean, I at that point to money, say like, but, yeah, like, hey, like we started off slow with new schemes and then we picked it up. Like, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I, just, I mean, I mentioned it in my column this week, but it still cracks me up that um, we honestly had. Remember this discussion we had, Justin? Like, if Virginia gets game day, when would it be? It was this game, right? Like, this yeah. was the most obvious choice. And yeah. Oh, sweet summer children. How naive we all were. No, it's funny. Dave said just a minute ago, he said um, they do have some opportunity. And look, four home games in a row. Um, I mean, that's a that's a heck of an opportunity. And I want to talk a little bit about Miami in 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 part because I honestly, even before the whole uh, Van Dyke situation, I genuinely had no idea what the Hurricanes were going to be, then what they were, and now what they will be. Um, does anybody feel like do, what do you what do you feel like your hard takeaways are? or like what do you feel like you know about Miami Ferber? Like what do you feel like you're comfortable? thinking okay this is this is a thing i can expect from them on saturday um i expect them to be i don't expect them to be perfect or anywhere close on either side of the ball given what we've seen from them but they're certainly like what far more competent than like georgia tech is with a backup quarterback so i think like uva is gonna have to play a lot better than they did last week um even like, you know, with Van Dyke out, Van Dyke was struggling. He got benched earlier in the season for Jake Garcia. Garcia, I believe last year when when Van Dyke played against UVA, Garcia was actually Derek King's backup, and he also was hurt or something like that. Um, I might be misremembering that, but like, yeah, those guys were kind of like even at one point last year. But um, yeah, I mean, I expect them to come in hungry to get a win, but the thing with Miami at this point is like every team has different motivations for like what they're trying to accomplish in a season. And I think sometimes for teams like Miami, especially a year like this year where they kind of had some expectations, things spiral earlier than it does for a team like UVA where, you know, it's like 
UVA can come in at 500 and it's like, okay, we can still get to like our reasonable goals. Whereas like Miami, it's like, once you get to like three or four losses, it's like you're the goals you thought you had are gone. Like, you know, they're, you start to wonder about motivation and things like that. It's, we talk about this. It feels like every week, it's like, you have to kind of like give a team a reason to quit. Um, it, Miami's going to come out. They, I think they've, they've had some losses this year and, and some of them, I think they've responded well and others, maybe not so well. Um, it's kind of hard to like look at their body of work and, and say, you know, and be like super impressed, but you're also not looking at it and saying, you know, the middle Tennessee state loss, for example, is bad. And Texas A&M playing them close doesn't look as good as it did. Um, but they played North Carolina close, you know, they beat Virginia tech on the road, even though that game was kind of ugly in the second half. Um, I think that they're going to come in and, and be like relatively competent. Um, my thing is I feel like this is a game where if UVA can kind of come out early and do some stuff, then they'll have a much better chance. But like, you know, if they let Miami kind of get going, um, Miami is a much better team in the trenches than like what UVA saw in a lot of the games in the first half of the season. So I think like that you don't want to get in a situation where you have to throw a, a ton, like in traditional passing sets, because then, you know, they can get after you and do some things with their pass rush and, um, ultimately I think this is another one of those games, like, um, another classic ACC, like we don't really know what to make of a game. And I feel like that's been the case since probably the Syracuse game, like basically every ACC game this season. What about you, Dave? What do you think? Um, look, Miami's talented and they're going to just line up and yeah, I think everyone, all the coaches have said it this week, but you know, they don't do anything sophisticated defensively. They just they they just line up and let their dudes beat your dudes. You know, they've got depth on the defensive line. Their defensive backfield, it's I mean, maybe Syracuse is close to theirs, but um, I think from from an athleticism standpoint, Miami's got those guys beat. You know, it's the same as every year we, you know, we play Miami. It's the talents there. It's can you do enough to get them to start playing out of character. Um, and obviously, you know, that's what crystal ball is trying to change with him. He's trying to kind of, you know, Miami's always been really good. You know, the last few years when, when everything's going well, they just fold when things start going bad. Um, and crystal ball seems to be trying to kind of get them to play more even keel. Um, you know, last week they, they came back and led that game and, you know, had eight turnovers, whatever, but the, the talents there. Uh, it's just a matter of whether Virginia, you know, whether Virginia can do their their thing. Um, jump on them early. I don't think you want to let Miami hang around, or you definitely don't want to give Miami extra possessions. Um, you're gonna have to do everything we've been talking about. Like if Virginia could just do this, they'd be better. Um, you know, if you turn it over four times <laughs> to Miami, you're probably not gonna win, despite what they did last week. You know, um, and then. Look, it's going to be – it's a home game, great. But, you know, it's a noon home game. I don't think you can lean on the crowd too much. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm a little – I do think Van Dyke is better than than Garcia, but um, if Miami runs their offense like they're capable of and just gets the ball in their playmaker's hands, you know, Virginia's defense is going to have their hands full. Um, and what scares me about the way they play defense is just they've got – they're really big and physical and our receivers who have struggled to kind of win one-on-one this year 
are going to be forced to want to play one on, you know, to win those battles. Um, my guess is if I'm Miami, I'm loading the box and trusting my guys to to stop the receivers till they show me they can't. So Virginia's going to have to show them they can't. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge, but I do think if UVA can come out and finally, you know, get a start like they did with Louisville and kind of keep adding to it um, or just have some success and kind of get Miami doubting themselves. You know, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think crystal ball's got all that kind of, I don't know what the word for it is, but I mean, if you've watched Miami play, you've seen it, but that meltdown you see when, when things start going bad, I don't think that's out of their system yet. And clearly, you know, they've had a rough stretch, you know, they're three and four, but their first two wins were like, you know, the first two games of the season. I think the only team they've beaten since then is tech. Um, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. And they've, you know, they've played some tough team, you know, they, they hung close with Carolina there for a while. They beat tech on the road. Hung close to Texas A&M, but I don't know what they are. Um, lost the Middle Tennessee State by multiple scores. Yeah. yeah, and then lost like what the happened to them? On, to what happened to them on Saturday was the that was kind of the breaking point for me, where I was like, okay, like you know, Middle Tennessee, you lose weird games, but like that, like the way they lost to Duke was bad. Like, I mean, eight turnovers. That's like, you know, that's yeah. rough. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, I mean, I don't – They're the talent's there. You just can't give them hope, um, and you certainly can't give them extra possession. So, you just have to play clean, period. Oh, man. I feel like the idea of Virginia playing a clean football game is, like, blasphemy. Or not – no, that's not the right word. Not blasphemy. It's just like – it's just like a foreign language, right? In the sense of, like, I, I genuinely can't imagine UVA playing clean. Um, you know, if they come out of the game and we're, like, plus three – I just don't even know what to, I don't even know what I would do. Um, I think they're like minus six now for the year in turnovers, something like that. That's bad. I, I think the problem with Miami and the reason I asked you guys the question the way I did is is because like it seems so it, it just as tired as it is for everybody every August to be like Miami's back, right? Uh, it is very tired for everybody to be like, oh, they're gonna fold, you know, like they always do whenever anything gets rough. I, I, it, it's hard because like, I feel like that's one of those cliches. that just is true. You know, like you look at them and that's exactly the feeling I got. It's like different head coach, different staff, maybe some different systems, same, same everything. Right. And I'm, I was trying real hard not to, to be, um, you know, just to be cliche like that, but it, it feels like it's true. Like this is a Miami team that has way too much talent to be playing as terribly in spots as they play to be as consistent as they are. The, like Ferber said, that Duke loss, I mean, man, that was a bucket of yuck. Um, and I don't know how you square that. Uh, if you're Virginia going in this game, I think you you have a little momentum, but I think because of the way that thing went, you're not. it's not like you're like believing like, okay, everything's fixed now, right? Which is almost like the best place to be in, in a sense, right? Because the last thing you want these dudes to do is to start like sort of believing their own hype again. And I do think that there is, there is some element of that in play for, for some of these guys, right? that they just sort of expected the offense would be better. Um, and they're not, and they're still not. And it's, you know, week nine of the season. Um, now in terms of the matchup itself, I, I think a lot of this is really about UVA. I feel like the Cavaliers can, you know, not necessarily play clean. Cause I just don't think that's possible, but I, I think that it, it comes down to what is, what is your team's identity? Right. And we have conversations about identity all the time. I think maybe we're starting to to get a real sense that 
when the defense is good and the offense, you know, can do can at least move the ball a little bit, right? This this team can 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 be uh, competitive. Now, if the offense can score, and you know you're getting this sort of normal, regular sort of um, um, game out of your defense, well, then maybe Virginia's in a good place to win. They're very rarely are going to be like they were last week, where the the defense is just absolutely dominant, right? Um, and if the offense could, you know kind of stay out of its own way, they would have they would have scored plenty in that game. The reality is though that they're that defensively you're not you're not gonna be able to do that with with it with so much regularity. Um now if they come out there and just absolutely stone Miami the way they did Georgia Tech, I will be gladly eat some crow. I just feel like that's not something you should bank on being the thing over and over and over again. Um Let's go ahead and get to predictions. I don't have the notebook in front of me, but I'm gonna guess that all of us were probably wrong because we're we're trending in just absolutely terrible uh, uh, territory here. I so know Dave, I picked Miami to win this, I'm sure, and I'm also sure I I picked my I I said that I thought Miami was the safest bet to win the coastal, and I'm glad I never have to do that again. <laughs> That's you know, true. Isn't I, 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 real quick on the coastal piece of this that uh, our our friend Patrick Stevens put out the other day that basically the 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 one scenario to end all scenarios is essentially that uh, Virginia could finish every if everybody finishes uh i guess four and four or whatever it yeah. is that and uva were uva is the one that would win but then they lose to tech um yeah they'd have to lose to tech for the four and four tie to work i think he on, released the, i think he replied and did one where you could beat tech and it still worked oh okay mm-hmm. well that's good because i like that much better all right dave tell me how, tell me how you see saturday afternoon breaking down yeah i mean i think we've covered it pretty good i mean it's going to be up to Virginia doing, doing better than they've done. Um, you know, I picked against Virginia last week for probably the first time all season and and they won. So maybe I need to keep doing that, but, um, you know, I'm just having a hard time kind of seeing the off, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. Like I'm having a hard time believing the offense is going to do what I think they're capable of doing. Um, especially against a defense that's got the talent that Miami does. Um, could it happen? Yeah. I just do. I want it to happen. Hell yeah. But I'm certainly not going to, I haven't seen anything to suggest it will change. Um, I think they'll move the ball better, but you know, it, it's a Miami's physical. I think they're going to limit the run game. It's going to become a passing game for Virginia. And, you know, can they be consistent enough throwing the ball? Um, you know, to move the ball down the field, you know, catch the ball, not turn it over and, and do that enough to put and put points on the board um, and maybe break 20 for the second time this year. You know, I had Miami winning it. I mean, Virginia went in this game 20 to 18 going into the season. Um, yeah. Missed field goal. I remember this. Yeah. yeah um, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to have Virginia losing this one to 20 to 18. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's going to be a tight game. I do think Virginia's defense can cause a lot of of havoc. Um, you know, Garcia doesn't have a lot of time under center, you know, time behind, behind center, whatever we want to call it these days. And, you know, I think Virginia can give him some looks he hasn't seen before. Um, and I do think, you know, if Virginia can, can tackle like they've been tackling, um, cover like they've been covering, and just make Miami earn it chunk by chunk, that, you know, eventually Miami will, will fold too. But – 
I will give Miami the the talent edge um, in a close victory. But you know, if Virginia could just break twenty, they would have won. But twenty to eighteen, Miami. All right, Ferber, what you got? Yeah, pretty much agree with what Dave said. You know, from uh, how this game could play out standpoint. I mean, I think like um, if UVA's defense can get after the quarterback like they did last week, I think then they had definitely have a recipe for success. Um, I don't know that it'll be that easy. Georgia Tech's lines aren't as bad as people might think they are, though. Um, they did a pretty good job against a run, too. So, I mean, I think UVA did a nice job in that game of kind of putting that quarterback in a position to fail, and they have to do the same thing against Miami. I don't know if it'll be as easy. Um, but and, and I expect Miami to, to move the ball and, and score more than Georgia Tech did, obviously. And you look at like what they did against Virginia Tech. They didn't score many points, but – they did enough to win that game um, against an offense that was struggling. And I think the situation here is kind of similar with UVA's offense, though there's probably more breakout potential. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think like both of these teams are kind of struggling with like the little things and um, you know, just kind of being consistent and taking care of the ball. Um, I'll go with the, the team I think is more talented, even though they have the backup quarterback in though. I will say if UVA can make Garcia look like, you know, how things looked last week for Georgia Tech, I mean, I think you could definitely, UVA could definitely win this game. Um, but yeah, right now I'll say Miami 24, UVA 17 um, in a game that they could win. And I think, I, you know, at, at four and four, we're not talking about like some great season that they're going to have necessarily, you know, at four and four, but. I think that would be a huge step in the right direction for this team right now, just to get back to 500 at that point, you know, you can start to look at, Hey, you know, we could get back to bowl eligibility. Like it's not that crazy to think that um, given what's in front of them, but yeah, I mean, lose this game and that becomes more of a tough conversation to have, but yeah, I think it'll be a close game. Um, I'll go with Miami in a close one, but not a whole lot of confidence in it. So I, I was going back and forth on this about whether or not I should actually, cause like the more I think about it, the more like this seems right for literally one of two absolute stone cold lock eventualities, right? Either UVA is going to win this and it's going to be like the offense kind of came alive and Oh wow, this is good. Or it's going to be real bad. I don't feel like with this Miami team, you're going to get somewhere in the middle. Um, and so I, I, I genuinely went back and forth on whether or not I should predict one or the other. I, I The more I thought about it, though, the more I thought with with two teams with so much unpredictability and so much like potential for a mistake to cause a cascade of mistakes, like one of these two teams might actually like make some serious hay out of nowhere simply because the other team is 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 too yeah. all out of sorts to sort of get itself right if they make a mistake or two. Um, ultimately, I think that Virginia's defense is, is is playing at a pretty high level, and I think that the qu- the quarterback change is a thing. And realistically, I feel like I, I can't predict UVA to, to run away with anything. Like I just don't, I just don't think that I'm, that I can do that. So I'm going to go UVA 27-21 here. I actually kind of feel like maybe the offense finally catches on. Um, now, granted, you could predict this every week, and if it happens, eventually you're right. But I genuinely do think that. I thought I saw Brennan looking more like himself last week. Um, I feel like maybe the staff, like I said before, has kind of a better feel for how to use him. 
Uh, I'm not sure like sort of what changes or whatever they may have made during the bye week. Um, but I do think that, um, I do think that they have, they have the players and I think that they're calling the right plays. I, I, I genuinely do think that the, the staff has gotten better as the season has gone on in that respect. Um, you know, Lavelle Davis catches a pass in the end zone that hits him in the chest. Um, and we, we probably feel very differently about a lot of things, right? Um, I, I feel like at some point they're going to start making those plays and I, and I kind of feel like maybe this is the game. So there you go. All right. We're going to, we're going to finish up this week's show with something that I, I told them uh, we were going to do at some point this week. So the aforementioned ACC coastal situation, everybody ties UVA could win it, but then they could also lose the tech. Let's say that the scenario is just that, right? UVA can either win the Coastal or beat Tech, right? They can't do both, all right? Let's just say that that is, that is, the, that is the Faustian choice we, we, have, we have to discuss this evening, okay? Would you rather UVA win the last Coastal Division crown or beat Tech? You can only have one or the other. I'm not, don't worry about the math. Don't worry about all that nonsense. No, no. I'm just, I'm asking just strictly, would you rather be the la- the last coastal champ or would you rather be tech? I don't even think it's really much of a debate for me, to be honest. Let's do it. Let's, let's hear it. What do you it's think? B, it's B tech. Tell me why. I don't think winning the coastal at seven and five, four and four really does much for you. I mean, it'd be cool, I guess. Um, go to the ACC championship game. Get obliterated um, by somebody. <laughs> Yeah, but we I mean we talked about we talked about this in 2019 like that was a great thing for the program to to do that and go into the orange bowl I think might have even been more valuable than going to the championship of the ACC. Um but yeah, I mean like ultimately you know it, I don't care about the coastal that much. I mean, it, it, you want to win it. It's one of your goals, but like I I'm not going to hang my hat on like a coastal championship. UVA is a situation now where you don't want this tech winning streak to go balloon up, you know, back to where it was, um, take care of business. I think that would be big for Tony Elliott in year one. Um, ultimately if, if it was like, I mean, also, also we're, we're assuming, I think in this scenario that the records are similar, like we're not having UVA beat tech at four and eight versus win the coastal. Um, I, I think I would just take the rivalry game win and push it to next year where there is no coastal <laughs> to win. <laughs> All right, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to come up with a lot more than a coastal crown for me to give up beating Virginia Tech, um, <laughs> yeah, world peace, uh, you know, something like that. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's close for me. Um, you know, if you lose the Tech and win the coastal, what's the what, what are you gonna hear when you go? Well, congrats on winning the coastal, but you couldn't beat Tech. Yeah, um, and then you go get smashed by Clemson or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah. Forty-eight. Congrats, you won. You, you won the worst <laughs> division in Power Five football. Um, you know, Virginia got, you know, the, the Virginia kind of hit the, you know, the triple crown, if you will, when they beat tech in 19, cause you know, they, they got to beat tech, they got to win the coastal. And then the way the bowls played out in the playoffs, mm-hmm. they got the, still got the big bowl. So, um, yeah, I'd prefer to do it, do it that way. Huh? But yeah, no way in, no way on God's green earth. Am I going to give up beating tech to win a coastal crown? Um, <laughs> The reason I all right, so the reason I I thought this was a fun experiment is because I think it does it does sort of shine a light because like look I it's not even a, co- a question for me either like I would absolutely one hundred percent say beat Tech because especially right now because if Tony Elliott were to go out there and beat Tech, um, that's a genuine bona fide that. 
pushes tech even further down the the ladder, so to speak. Yeah, it's right? like their season got even worse. <laughs> it, exactly, and it not only will it will it completely discombobulate all the tech folks, right? It will it will also give Tony a, a heck of a chip uh, going forward, right? Um, you can you can really sell a lot of different things in recruiting. Um, the fact that you're you have this model that you want to make for your program and stuff that's great, but proof of concept is huge, right? And granted, tech's not tech's not what tech has been in the past, right? I mean, I don't think anybody, even their own f- folks, would would argue that, right? But to come out in year one, beat tech, say, hey, look, we're going we're going to do this a lot. You know, we're going to have a lot of success. You know, you can stay home. Da, da, da. I think there's some 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 real merit to that to that pitch. Not to mention the, the fact that it sends you going out. You know. I guess you in this scenario, I guess technically UVA would or wouldn't go to a bowl, even if they if they beat Tech, probably they probably did go to a bowl. Um, but ultimately, the bottom line in this whole thing is is that the the Tech thing is not gonna it's not it's not worth the coastal. I'm sorry, it's just not um, the coastal is not that great, right? It's the coastal is just not it's not anywhere remotely close. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, if you had a scenario where it was like, would you rather go like nine and three, lose to Tech and win the Coastal, or go four and eight and beat Tech? I would be like nine and three, you know what I mean? But like, that's yeah, that's just not to, really just to the win table. the Coastal is not enough. Um, yeah. I do also think though that um, I don't know, man. That the Tech Tech season has a has is on a precipice, man. Uh, I feel like UVA season is on one. I, it's funny too because like. I feel like this is like the fourth game in a row. I mean, like if we're being honest, UVA season isn't on the precipice of like greatness, even if they win some games. Um, But like, if you look at what they have left, I mean, like if you beat Miami, you're four and four. That's actually where I had them after eight games, you know, and I had them going seven and five. So like, you know, you could still have a a reasonably decent season um, considering where you started. If you win this game, because I just don't think they're going to beat Carolina. Like, I don't see a recipe for that to happen. Um, so, like, getting this one, I think, would really be good. And, you know, if you lose this one, you're looking at maybe three and six. But then after that, you have Pitt, who looks like a shell of itself. Um, and Coastal Carolina, who lost to ODU by, like, 21 points. And then a Virginia Tech team that's pretty vulnerable. Um, so, you could have a recipe to finish the season strong. But I think winning this game kind of – can flip the season one way or the other. Same thing we said about the Louisville game. Same thing we said about last week's game. I feel like, um, you know, given everything Virginia fans have seen, um, man, to beat Tech, that might be the only thing. It might be the only thing short of, you know, them winning every game or whatever. Like, that might be the one thing that would actually get folks being like, all right, you know, because you do have there's a I mean, it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to cast the line too far to find, you know, plenty of fans who are very much unsure of things right now. And I'm not I'm not speaking to whether they should or shouldn't feel that way. I'm just saying they do. Right. Then that's not to say that, like, that's majority or anything like that. But there are definitely those folks out there who are very much in like, I'm not sure about this sort of territory that win over tech would matter. Um, and I think that more, probably more than anything that Tony Elliott can do to not only endear himself to UVA fans, but to give himself some stability is to win that game. Um, and I don't say that just as somebody who, you know, has had to, to watch tech win too many games. No, no, it's not that it's, it's beyond that. Right. It's a, it, it says something. Um, 
And I think the nature of the way that this whole thing has gone these last, what, 20-ish years, like, that's just the reality, man. Um, so I'm not I, – I, it's funny how UVA is going into another game that almost feels like a must-win. Um, so far, they're they're one for three in the uh, um, in that territory. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like if, if – even if they were to win every game the rest of the way and then they lost that one – it would still feel it would still feel tainted. Like folks, like that thing leaves such a terrible taste in the mouth. Um, that if you really want to, if you really want to open, if you really want to say that, like, hey, we're we're starting a new era and such and such and such. That's the only, that's the most impactful, most bang for your buck way to get that thing done. Yeah, it's happened true. Like I mean, I, I really think you know Virginia runs the next four off in a row to have a five game winning streak. Um, well, that would make them what seven and four going into the tech game mm-hmm. um and then he lost tech like i don't know that it would have you know a better effect on the average fan than losing the rest and beating tech um just like you said like you know, as ridiculous as that sounds um i don't know that that's not true yeah, so I think it's absolutely true, especially if text like three and eight. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and this is also the 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 weird sort of double edged sword of this whole thing, where it's like, yeah, you couldn't even beat us in our worst year, you know, that kind of nonsense, which is just you know. And listen, I understand, like, if you're somebody, and it's a great to, retort because right. we use the same thing in basketball. You know, um, I get it. Um, if you're somebody's listening to this and you're a completely rational human, hey, I understand that none of this makes any sense, but I promise you, this is the way it is. Um. It's not even it's not even a conversation. Um, all right, I think that's a good place to put a pin in unless you guys have anything else you'd like to, to share yeah, for the Also, if you're listening to this, get your butt to the stadium this weekend. Anyway, let's go. D- Dave said he'd buy you tickets. <laughs> if you are somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us on uh, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating or review, I appreciate it. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod and you've not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CavsCorner.com. Right now, let's see. Uh, as you listen to this, we got a couple of recruiting, basketball recruiting stories. We got cheers, fears, and beers. Um, week uh, Dave keeps doing a thing where he calls it week eight, game eight, but it's actually week nine. Um, and I'm 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 deep into the the week nine of it all, so I can't really like uh, retract it and start going by games. Um, we got the game week pressure coverage. Ferber broke down the PFF grades, so there's lots of stuff to read about going into. Uh, what will surely be a very rational weekend from Virginia fans on message boards. Um, I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit myperfectfranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber again graciously. Your time, as always, I very much appreciate all they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.